Fuad here back on Behind the Gloves with another news update, keeping you guys up to date with all things boxing. Now let's talk about the lightweight division. We've got some news coming in from Ryan Garcia making the headlines once again. Um, and he's had a few things to say. Obviously, he was meant to be fighting on July the 4th, uh, but he's no longer fighting on that date because he thinks he's you know, he's being lowballed. He says he's only being offered $200,000 to fight. This is what he said to Sports Illustrated. He said, that's BS. Why am I being held back financially? Why is the zone giving out big numbers to guys fighting nobodies? It's effed up how I'm being treated. Now, this situation is interesting because Ryan isn't necessarily fighting big fights. He's not fighting world championship fights. Don't get me wrong, he's not fighting like journeyman lower level low 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 level of opposition but he's fighting people in that bridge to get to that elite stage i'd say he's definitely showed his skill set to be an elite fighter but he's not far for a world championship level fight um and he ain't heavyweight so the person ain't always going to be that big but looking into it he does have a big following he does sell tickets he, he's headlining his own show he's definitely got media traction big name in the whole social media world so you'd think you know he creates some sort of numbers definitely deserves to get paid more uh two hundred thousand pounds uh or two hundred thousand dollars is that is that low ball for ryan garcia what do you guys think let me know in the comments and Javante Davis did make something out of this. This is what he had to say when he saw this uh, sort of news. He said, 200k, he need that money back from him buying that Ferrari. Stop trying to keep up, broke boy. And Ryan Garcia commented back saying, yeah, I get endorsement deals outside of boxing. Something you don't know about because you hit women. I mean, I'm not going to make a comment on that. Let me know what you think in the comment section uh, of this uh, little beef they've got going on. But it's $200,000 lowballing Ryan Garcia. Um, let me know what you think and we'll catch you guys on the next video. Hey, Fight fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking this icon right here and hit the bell button so you can get notified every time we upload a new video. And we also have a free app available on iTunes and Google Play. So make sure you go ahead and download that. Bye, Fight fans. This is Andy mm -hmm. Burrell for Boxing Social in association with Betfred and I'm delighted to be joined by Shakan Peters over Zoom. Shakan, first and foremost, how are you doing? All good, man. How about yourself? I'm all good as well, mate. Obviously, good to hear you're doing well yourself. Um, yeah. Obviously, we're coming towards, well, I say coming towards the end of lockdown. We're seeing lockdown eased, but how have you found these past few months? Yeah, I mean, it's been tough. Like for anyone, it's been tough. Um, you know, we've never had nothing like this before where you've got to all of a sudden adjust your days. And, you know, I'm, I'm normally, I'm an outgoing kind of person anyway. I'm always on the move, busy doing things. So um, to adjust to life of, you know, getting familiar with Netflix and doing other things and, and other training regimes, it's been a bit tough, challenging. But, um, you know, I think I've coped to it the best I can. I've carried on doing my, my training. I've carried on stuff like that. So... Um, all I've generally done is just take the benefits, the good out of it, which has brought me a lot more time to spend with the family and so on. So um, yeah, I've, I'm in the same, but I've been in the same boat as everyone else. It's been a bit frustrated. What's it been like training wise? What had you been doing until gyms just started to open back up? What mm. had you been doing on your own to try and keep yourself active? Yeah, just a lot of runs and so on. I mean, I've been fortunate. I've got um, I got a boxing bag sent to me as well, so I was I was able to be hitting the bag as well. Um, but it's 
the only thing really what I've been missing is like the buzz of the boxing gym. You know, being around the boys, the buzz in the gym and so on. Um, so that's all it really was for me. Um, apart from that, I had been doing my training and so on. Obviously, there's certain other things in my training which I like to incorporate, which I wasn't being able to do, obviously, with ledger centres closed and so on. But um, it's all good. I've, I've done, I've coped with it well. I've coped with it well, for sure. Obviously, as we mentioned, you know, the gyms are just starting to be back back open now and some fighters are getting back in. What's kind of been the protocol that you guys have put in place? Have you been going back to the gym now? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've been going back, obviously. Um, there's limited amount of numbers of who's even in there. But for me personally, um, speaking of myself, I've been in the gym. And um, yeah, I just, I just love being back. You know what I mean? I love the grind of getting back in the gym and training hard, pushing myself. So that's what I that's what I do. That's what I love. So, yeah, it's been good to be back. Now, before lockdown was put into place, you was one of the very unfortunate people who was meant to fight. I think it was either on the week of lockdown being announced or the week before your show uh, being cancelled, that lockdown was announced. Take me back to that when... Because I remember speaking to you and you was kind of optimistic that the fight would still go ahead at the time. Talk to me about the experience of finding out that the show had been postponed and your chance to fight for the vacant British title has once again been postponed as well. Yeah, I mean, um, for us, we was... Um, obviously, when it was just creeping out, this whole pandemic and things, like, I noticed, like, a few shows. Obviously, sports was... Like, football was the first probably to be really effective, you know, the massive crowds it gathers. And obviously, boxing was also effective. But I noticed, like... Um, the prem, the prem was put on hold a bit, and different and iron about that. And then, of course, like a few shows, um, MTK shows and Eddie Hearn shows, they got cancelled. And um, one of our uh, gym, one of my gym uh, teammates, actually Casey Benjamin, fought on the last MTK, I believe, where he won. But um, it's like we've seen that show get cancelled, and that show was um, like about a week and a couple of, probably about two weeks before ours or so. So. Um, of course, you know, we're, I'm hoping at this point that we could squeeze through because I've had a solid camp, you know, we had a um, really tough camp, you know, training for this, preparation was going well. And then like literally in the week of just tapering, just making the weight, um, that's when they decided to pull the plug. And of course, you know, it was frustrating because I've already been for a full camp and, you know, camps do cost money and time and sacrifices. So I've been for a whole camp. Um, so... It then, like they, they, like I said, they pulled the plug on our one a week before, so it was more frustrating for, for myself, and I'm sure it would have, been, would have been frustrating for Chad as well, and a lot of the fans were looking forward to it. But um, we both, yeah, we went through, I went through a camp, a hard camp anyway, and um, Tabit just pulled on like <laughs> with like a, probably a week or so to go. It was a bit frustrating, but again, like I said, that's life, you know, there's a bigger issue out there, and um, you know. People have been affected in many ways. You know, even some people in the boxing community, um, you know, have lost um, obviously family in it. So, like, obviously, I sympathise for those fighters and everyone else around the world who's been affected by, um, you know, by losing family members. So, obviously, a boxing show can always get rearranged, but life, you can't, you know, you can't change that. So, you mentioned obviously a boxing show can be rearranged. You was due to face Chad Sugden. Originally, you was going to face Craig Richards before he pulled out with a, a viral infection, I believe it was. Um, do you know exactly where that's, that entire situation stands? Would you still face Chad Sugden when boxing shows return? Will you be facing Craig Richards? Do you know what the situation is there? 
to me, honestly, it doesn't matter who I've got, but um, I believe it's um, Chad Sogda. Um, if I hear any different, it doesn't matter. I'm going to prepare hard as I do anyway. And, you know, just aim to uh, get the win, which I will do, um, whether it's Craig or whether it's Chad Sogda. How do you expect the battle between yourself and Chad to play out? Chad obviously got a really good draw with Craig Richards in, in just before Christmas time. What are you expecting from Chad if your fight does still go ahead? He's a young, hungry kid. Obviously, he's going to want to take his opportunity, just like I want to take this opportunity. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, um, I'm taking this 100% serious. You know, this fight is a life-changing uh, fight for myself, and I'm sure it is for himself as well. But I'm not really focused on anything what Chad may feel, what Craig may feel or what any other boxer might feel. I just know how much this means to me and I know the preparation I've got to prepare to do and what I'm going to do. So um, I'm going to come at my best, no doubt about it. I'm sure he's going to try and come at his best as well. Um, but there's only one winner and that's definitely me. Obviously, the show was picked up by Hennessy Sports, uh, McKennessy. Do you have any knowledge as to when or if we will see that in the near future? I've been told August, uh, maybe possibly mid-August, end August, I'm not sure. Um, but for me, as I say, I've, um, I've, I've just been doing what I can do and um, ticking over and so on. Um, you know, I live the life. I don't just sway off or think, oh, yeah, you know, we'll wait for a day. I'm always going to keep ticking over and doing things what I have to do anyway. So that's what I've been doing. Um, whenever the date's going to be, whether it's uh, mid-August or whenever it might be. Um, I know I'm coming at my best with no excuses. You know, I'm coming at my best. I'll show up, I'll turn up and get the win. What's your knowledge with regard to, say, the venue? Will it still be holding the same place in Coventry it was previously arranged or would it would they look to maybe just put in a smaller venue because you can't have fans there regardless? I'm not. Honestly, my, you, what you know to the venue is probably the same as me. I, I don't know what's going on with the venue. Um, I, I don't know if it's, someone, it's in someone's back garden. I don't know. But um, all, I, all I know is, you know, what I'm going to do on the night and the fight. But um, I've not heard any different, um, you know, changes to the venue um, or anything like that. And who knows, you know, if we're looking to fight in August, then there may be might there may be might ease a few more than these lockdown uh, measures, and you might have a couple of fans or a certain amount of numbers in the venue. So, who knows? But um, nothing's been said differently to myself in regards to the venue, and um, we'll see. We we'll have to just wait and see what happens, which venue, where it be. I mean, what do you? How do you think you cope, and what do you think your thoughts would be on having a fight behind closed doors without your family and friends potentially not being able to see you there to possibly lift the British title? Of course, you know, for me, um, you know, family and friends being there in that kind of moment is a big thing. Of course, you know, I'd like to, you know, when I win this bout and that, I'd like all my victories. You know, you like to kind of console themselves, share you know, share victory with them. But it's fine. I know they'll be watching. I know they'll be cheering on. And um, I just know what I'm what I'm doing, you know, in mind. Like I said, every time I step in that ring, I step in that ring for my little girl. And whether fans are there or not, that, uh, you know, my mindset stays the same. And, um, you know, I've got to go out there and deliver and do the job. And that's what I will do. Whether it's going to be fans there or not, you know, it's one of those things, you know, I'm sure Chad hasn't been through in his career of kickboxing or boxing either. Many boxers hasn't, but we just have to get on with it. You know, um, boxing is that kind of sport. You just got to get on with it. You can't dwell on things you can't control. I just dwell on the things what I can control on. And I know what I've got to do and who I'm stepping in that ring for, which is my little girl and what I've got to do in mind. So that's the person I'll be stepping in the ring for. And that's the person who I ain't going to let down in my career or this, or this fight. And, you know, we're going to push on from this.
provided everything went to plan against Chad and you were successful, you picked up that British title. Is the Craig Richards fight still something you'd be interested in? Because I remember back when you was negotiating, you said you'd become a little frustrated. You felt like it kind of messed you about a bit because of how the negotiations had gone. Is it kind of like a, a frustration there that you want to take out with Craig in the ring? No, for me, it's nothing personal at the end of the day. You know, um, I mean, you know, I mean, it's a sport, boxing is a sport, which I take seriously because at the end of the day, uh, you know, a lot of people are losing their lives in this sport. But I'm not going to hold my career up on, um, you know, for Craig. I mean, he's got the mandatory um, option, you know, so when I win this British, he has got the mandatory option to have that defence. Um, I'm not going to go another year or two years for him and his team to either plan other routes, want to go the WBA route or whatever other route he wants to do. I'm not holding my career up for him. You know, if he wants to, if he wants to get the get it, then he can get it straight after Chad. It's just that simple. You know what I mean? Like, but I'm not going to hold um, my career up on any boxer or any fighter. I always focus on myself, and that's the main goal. Always focusing on myself. But as I said, you know, he's the mandatory. Um, he's the mandatory. He's in the mandatory position, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. For me, it, it would have happened ages ago from my side, um, but it's what it is. Things happen. Shaka, before I do let you go, I just want to get your thoughts on a few of the fights in your division and in the boxing world. Uh, Joshua Boazzi, someone who you've sparred, somebody you'll know very well. Some talk about a potential fight between himself and Callum Johnson. What are your thoughts if Ben, ben Pear were to meet in the ring in the near future? Be a good fight. I mean, I, I, I rate both of them as fighters. Um, Wax is very talented. Um, obviously, you know, from sharing the ring, I've not come across Callum Johnson or anything, you know, and I've got nothing against him, you know. Um, he's in a fantastic gym and so on. But I think that fight, I'd probably more root for Waxy. Um, you know, obviously, me and him developing each other and uh, inspiring and so on. And, you know, I, don't, I like the guy. He's a cool guy, you know what I mean? Like, he's always respectful. And um, I, I think he will go far um, in the sport and division. But um, it'd, be a, it'd be a tough fight. It's not going to be a, any kind of walkover. Callum Johnson's a very good fighter. Um, you know, he can hit. Obviously, Watts can hit as well. And it'd be a good fight. It'd be one that I'll be looking forward to, um, you know, to seeing on the outcome of that. But obviously, I wish them both the best with that fight. I'm not really, you know, sitting on there feeling like oh, I don't want Callum to win or anything. Obviously, that's between them. But um, I would say that I would be rooting more for Boazzi just for the fact that, you know, the work that we put in together and, that, and how much I appreciate it. And him as a person is cool. So we'll see what happens to that fight. And another fight which had been agreed and was once again, it was postponed uh, because of the current situation and lockdown is Anthony Yard versus Lyndon Arthur. Again, Shakan, just what are your thoughts on it? Again, man, both good fighters. You know, Lyndon's a, a, a really talented fighter. Um, obviously, Yard very talented as well. We've seen them. We've seen Yard obviously step up, and you know, he, he, and for me, for me, he made a good account of himself against uh, Kovalev. You know, a lot of people forget how, um, who Kovalev has been in the ring with, and obviously, it was a big jump for Anthony Yard. And um, I, I believe he managed himself well. You know what I mean? He he, he done what he could do, and you know, Kovalev's just a just a great. He's a world class fighter. Um, Lyndon Arthur, obviously, he's done good in the amateur ranks and so on. Uh, he's doing good as a pro now. He's proven that he's got power. Um, obviously, Yard's his biggest fight to date. So, Yard's been in that occasion. Arthur hasn't been in that occasion yet. You know, he's obviously put good people around the amateur scene and so on. But it's a step up for him. But I think, that, man, it, it, that one's a close fight. I, I wouldn't want to 
say, oh, this person, that person, because it's a very close fight. You know, Linda can hit, Yard can hit. I think it's who's going to bring, you know, put into practice their strengths on the day. And, um, you know, who's, who, who's going to have that heart in it, that will to want to win like that? Because um, I think it, it will no matter what. I think I don't see going the distance, but I don't see it ending earlier. I could be wrong, but I don't see it ending early. I don't think it won't will go the distance either. They're both strong uh, fighters, come forward fighters. So I look forward to watching that one again as well. And somebody you know well, Dean uh, White, his brother Dillian has been spoken about for a potential cross-sport clash with Francis Ngannou of the UFC. What are your thoughts if we were to see Dillian fighting either the cage or the ring against Francis Ngannou? Is it? They've been talking about that, have they? been some talks going on there, yeah. I don't know if he's going to want to go do that, is he, like, with so much at stake in his boxing career at the moment. But um, I don't know. As, as I say, you know, Dylan White's come from a kickboxing background, and so he's kind of obviously knows how to use his feet and so on. I think using the elbows and whatever it may be is something he could put into practice. But I don't know. It's only 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 he can decide if he wants to step into the UFC um a UFC fight as well. Do you know what I mean? It's different from a boxing ring. It's a lot different, so... Fighting a UFC fighter, it's a big task. Like a UFC fighter, like McGregor trying to fight Mayweather and he looks very amateurish, you know what I mean? But he's a world-class fighter in the cage. So who knows? It's up to him. I, me personally, if it was me, I'd just stay where I'm, where I'm comfortable at, where I'm good at, which is boxing. But who am I to say what Dylan White should do or what anyone else should do with their careers? You see, he believes the time is right for him to make that cross crossover change and then you know, do things or do the unthinkable. I don't, I've not heard of any uh, boxing, uh, a boxing fighter beating a UFC fighter in the cage. I've not heard of it unless, you know, that's happened way before my time. I don't know. But if he wants to try and do that and make history, that's, you know, good on him then. I'll be rooting for him. But I'd stay where I know I'm good at. And what I'm not saying he ain't good at there, but I'd stay where I know I'm comfortable at, which is boxing. Shakan, final thing. Um, there's been some, well, not some talks, but we've seen the likes of Mark Tyson, Evander Holyfield, you know, getting back in the gym, talk about coming back. What are your thoughts if we do see them in the ring once again? I don't think they should come back. I think, you know what it is? Um, and this is why, like, I drum in the importance and why I, I, myself as a fighter, I give my all right now in my career. And all boxers, amateur, professionals should give the all in their career. I'm not saying them, them guys have not had you know, the, they've created powerful legacies in the sport of boxing. But I think they probably feel like they've got more to offer or could have done more watching these younger guys fight and now it's giving them the inkling to want to come back. I don't agree with it. I think, he, you know, he's um, not that he's past it, but you've done, you've had your moment. You've, you know, you've done what you had to do. You don't want to get in there with these young, hungry fighters, young, hungry heavyweights and cause yourself any more damage. Like, I've seen, like, obviously, anyone can look good for 10 seconds on an Instagram video. Mike Tyson looked really good, like, and I'm not saying if he was to land on any heavyweight, he wouldn't hurt them because he's still surely got the explosive power. But has he got the duration to do that for 12 rounds? I don't think so. But he could obviously prove anyone else wrong and probably do that. But I don't think he should. You know, he's, he's, he's already fought. They've created a good legacy. Leave it as that. And I respect the likes of um. I think Joshua came out with that. He wouldn't even fight him. He wouldn't entertain it. Wouldn't entertain fighting like Mike Tyson or anything. And I think many people probably shouldn't. Would you want to be responsible for hitting a, a, a legend so hard you've caused him any kind of you caused him any kind of brain damage or anything? Someone you used to look up to, and then you've hurt them in a way where you know you've caused them that damage and 
nah, I, I, don't, I don't agree with it. I don't think they should. And if they do allow them the, you know, any of the boxing governments or anything there, the boxing bodies, sorry, um, to allow them to have a license, then you're going to get the likes of loads of other people trying to do that. I'm sure that they stopped Shannon Briggs after his first fight or so on for even, you know, doing that, or there were some difficulties there. So I don't think they should do it. It's, it's, they've already got their, made their legacy. Just leave it as that. Shakan, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you. Before I let yeah, you speak, though, what would you like to say to everyone who tunes in to watch our interview? What I'd like to say? Yeah. Just like, you know, just keep positive on the pandemic these times, stay safe. Um, any fighters out there, obviously, keep positive, keep training over. Don't, you know, let your goals or dreams slip. And um, to the fans as well, that the fight, you know, anyone who's supporting myself, I want to thank them. Um, and anyone who's supporting boxing, I want to thank them as well. I think, um, you know, it shows how much in this time, it's going to show a lot towards ourselves for the fighters stepping in the ring without the fans, how important and valuable they are there because they create the atmosphere. They create the buzz on boxing. These guys spend their hard-earned money on um, tickets and obviously pay-per-view and so on. So we are going to obviously feel the detrimental effect of fans not being there. So obviously I just want to thank the fans and everyone who's involved with, um, you know, adding to the sport and obviously just carry on following my journey if you can. Shakan, that's brilliantly put, and it's been a pleasure to catch up with you once again. I'll hopefully see you soon in person to be able to do an interview, but until then, stay safe and thank you for speaking to Boxing Social. And yourself, man. Stay safe. The plan moving forward, the big fight that everybody's talking about, which is anti-Joshua against Tyson Fury, that we're making great progress. Um, there's still a lot to overcome. You know, we're looking at obviously venues as well, uh, dates for that fight. We have the Dillian White mandatory, which is due before that fight as well. But it's fair to say that both guys are in agreement now regarding the financial terms uh, for that fight. You know, we've been talking to uh, MTK and, and getting over that line. You know, we've given them the assurances that uh, from Anthony Joshua's side, that all the details that we've discussed in terms of the structure of the deal is approved from our side and it is from Tyson Fury's as well. So I think we're in a good place. You know, I think it's fair to say that in principle, both guys have agreed to that fight, um, two fights. Um, but of course, a lot to overcome in the meantime, you know, with the Dillian White mandatories, a couple of minor details on the broadcasting situation as well, but we're moving in the right direction. And I'm very confident now that both guys, like I say, they've almost given their blessing for that fight to go ahead. The good news is you can, you know, talks are progressing well between Tyson well. Fury and Anthony Joshua and there is space for things to get knitted out before then maybe other fights or managers etc etc yeah I mean the, you know the main the main positive news is that Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury have both agreed to a, a two-fight deal in essence um, and you know the structure of that deal always the most difficult part of any deal is the financial element of that deal and I believe we're in a great place where both guys have basically agreed on what that deal should be. You know, we haven't signed contracts because there's still things to be worked out. But I think we're, we're almost uh, pushing towards a place where they can start become drafted for 2021. Because like I said, the financial element of any deal is always the most difficult. And I think both guys are in agreement that you know, the structure of the deal has, has been put forward and approved by both parties.
Fuad here back on Behind the Gloves with another news update, keeping you guys up to date with all things boxing. Now, I can't believe what I'm reading, but I'm reading it. This is the article headline from Sky Sports. Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury have agreed terms for a two-fight deal, says promoter Eddie Hearn. This is, quote, it's fair to say that in principle, both guys have agreed to that fight, two fights. Wow. So... Not a confirmation of the fight, but apparently so. Both fighters have agreed to a two-fight deal of some sort. I'm going to read through some of the article here. We're making great progress, Joshua's promoter Eddie Hearn exclusively told Sky Sports News. There is still a lot to overcome. We are looking at venues and dates. We have the Dylan White mandatory, which is due before this fight. It's fair to say Joshua and Fury are in agreement regarding the financial terms of the fight. By the way, that's a huge step. We've been talking to Fury's management team, MTK, giving them the assurance from Joshua's side that all the details on the structure of the deal is approved from our side and it is from Fury's side as well. The point of Fury, Joshua and the terms agreeing to the structure of the deal, the first fight could happen next summer. It will be 2021. Positive, positive news. This is the news all fight fans wanted to hear. Joshua and Fury um, smoothing things out, if you could say, for this deal to take place, for this fight to take place. And it looks like it's positive news. Uh, I, I, I can't add much in, I can't add much onto it. That is all I've seen so far. But positive news. What do you guys think of this situation? Let me know in the comment section below. And are you as excited as me? Because I am buzzed. Hey Fight fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking this icon right here and hit the bell button so you can get notified every time we upload a new video. And we also have a free app available on iTunes and Google Play. So make sure you go and download that. Bye Fight fans. Hello there. I'm just after getting off the phone with Daniel Kinahan. Uh, he just informed me that the biggest fight in British boxing history has just been agreed. Get up there, my boy! Uh, big shout out, Dan. He got this done. Um, literally over the line. Two fight deal. Uh, Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua um, next year. One problem. I've just got to smash Deontay Wilder's face right in in the next fight. Um, and then we go into the Joshua fight next year. So there we are. The Gypsy King versus AJ is on for next year, but there is a hurdle in the road called the Bronze Bomber, aka the Knockout King, and I will get on to him and knock him spark out, and then we got on to the big fight. So big thank you, Dan, for getting this deal over the line. All the best. God bless you all. See you soon. Peace out. Hey Fight fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking this icon right here and hit the bell button so you can get notified every time we upload a new video. And we also have a free app available on iTunes and Google Play. So make sure you go and download that. Bye Fight fans. And John, Tyson uh, quite rightly wants to keep his head focused on what he's got to do with Wilder. But I'm going to throw to you a question about Anthony Joshua. Assuming that fight gets made and it takes place in, in May of next year, you're a scholar and a gentleman, John. How does that, ding, ding, how does that fight start? It's the first round, the bell's just gone. John, take me through the first 30 seconds of commentary. First 30 seconds of commentary, Napa boxed right off <laughs> and stung with disastrous right hands and left hooks. Listen, He'll think he's fighting 
an eel in a, in a cold water. He won't to touch Tyson. Tyson will box his head off. And he'll hit him that hard, his heart will go. He'll, listen, he'll be an easier night than Deontay Wilder. And I'll take all bets again. Fuss, fuss round. Tyson will come back jabbing, missing, making him slip and slide. Bang! Joshua fought the piece after fuss right hand. Because he'll know then, I can't beat this man. All them fighters know they can't beat Tyson. Because I'll tell you why. The man's not been born yet, and I've watched them all. This crop of heavyweights, this era, can't beat him. They can't. They haven't got it. He's not been born yet. Not just saying it because of my son. He's proved himself. And Tyson's a modest guy. I'm not modest. I'm telling it as I see it. You know, they're all terrified of Tyson. I'll tell you something. They'll be beat before they start because they know they can't beat this man. There he is in the middle there. The Gypsy King. He'll reign forever. He'll reign for the next 10 years. Because I'll tell you what it is now. There's a Superman got to be born what can even come close to him. And I ain't seen him yet. And I've watched them all, these new crops of heavyweights. I ain't seen him. And let get the Joshua on. I'll tell you what I'll, I'll do. I will bet Eddie and everything and I'll put him and his dad in the dole queue. I'll put him in the dole queue. Because I'll bet them everything they've got. Let's have a winner take all. Let's see if they do that. He's saying that Joshua can do that. Winner take all. Tyson will go for it. And he'll be in the dole queue. That'll be the end of them. The end of the Ains, big mouth. Done. John, you mentioned there in this era, so, so that's the era now. We know that's the era now, and Tyson's a dominant heavyweight at the moment, and there's just Anthony Joshua there. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something at the pair of you. I'm going to come to you first, John. There's a lot of talk about a heavyweight from a few years ago, from a previous era coming back. There's a lot of talk about Mike Tyson coming back. First of all, John, I'm going to ask you, has there been any development, stop smiling, has there been any development about you having some kind of exhibition with him, John? Listen, I'd like to have a go. You know, at the end of the day, I named my son after him. It'd be a good thing, but I know one thing. He'll be in no better shape than me, because I'll tell you what it is, I've got the edge in shape, because I've, I've lived better, you know, I've lived cleaner, you know, and Tyson, yeah, he's a great, great champion. Probably one of the best that's ever been. And if anybody's going to come close to beating Tyson this era, that's him. Mike Tyson's got a better chance than Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua at 53-year-old or 54, whatever he is. But listen, I'd like to have a go, me, because I'm big and strong and I'm game. And that's all you need to be. He's past his best, you know, and me, the edge I've got of live right. I don't drink, don't smoke. I don't do things I shouldn't do. And I train every day. Listen, we're not body beautifuls. I look as fat as a pig, but I can run 10 mile. No problem today. And I'm training all the time. And I'm fit and strong and game. And I've got a good heart. So what? If he knocks me out, he knocks me out. But I'll try and knock him out. Let's put it that way. I'll give me all. I'll give me, I'll do the best, the very best I can. I won't be afraid to get in the ring. I'm not going to be beat before I started. I'm going to give it my best shot. I'm here. I'm 18 stone seven. I'm 55 year old just turned, but I'm in great shape. Don't drink. Don't smoke, don't take nothing, I don't do nothing I shouldn't do, and I heat very, very well. Plus, I've got him to train me. I've got the best son in the world, and if I start spiding with him and Big Shane and my Huey and Tommy, there's nobody, I've got a good chance of beating anybody with that kind of, with that kind of backing and that kind of team. I'll get him with two Mike Tysons. I'm going to turn it on its head, Tyson. I'm going to ask you this. You're a boxing scholar. You know you're boxing. Would you like to have gone against the Tyson from the late 80s. Would you like to have tested yourself one night in Las Vegas or one night in New York or one night in Manchester against that late 80s Tyson? Would you have liked that, Tyson? I'm going to tell you something, Steve. Um, 
There hasn't been a heavyweight from any era in the last thousand years that could have tackled me or beat me. Never mind Mike Tyson from the 80s. Muhammad Ali, Joe Lewis, Lennox Lewis, George Foreman, Joe Frazier, Ken Norton, Rocky Marciano, Floyd Patterson, Gene Tunney, Jen Mace, John L. Sullivan. Going right back to the beginning. Not one of them could have beat the Gypsy King. One, I'm too big. Two, I'm too good. And three, I've got too many styles for them. Um, I'm four, and I'm, I'm an adapter. And five, they couldn't ever beat me anyway. So there we go. I'm the greatest fighter that's ever lived. Well, never mind heavyweight, the greatest fighter that's ever lived. And how about that for a bit of modesty? The greatest fighter that's ever lived. Well, you know, <laughs> I was going to ask you how you'll be remembered, but I think you've just told us. Just quickly, just quickly, Tyson. If I if I had to ask you to describe yourself in 10 or 20 seconds, how would you describe yourself if you were telling somebody from another planet, if you were trying to explain who you were, how would you explain yourself to somebody that had never heard of you before? I'll tell you how I'd do it. I'd tell him a big fat heavyweight with a bald head, with plenty, plenty of art to, to fight and... You know, and that was it. I'm not interested in being remembered anyway. I've said that many, many times, Steve. So I'm enjoying my life now. I'm not looking past today. Live every day as it's my last. And I enjoy every moment. And um, it's been a nice couple of hours on here, looking back and reflecting. But again, I don't dwell in the past. I've no interest in what happened yesterday. I live for today. I look forward to the future. And that's it. Tyson, thank you. John, thank you. And you're right. We're also enjoying every single second of your life so far.